0: Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you about another great podcast. ESPN, in partnership with Peyton Manning's Omaha Productions, presents the VC Show with eight-time NBA All-Star Vince Carter and co-host Roz Gold on Woody, who talk all things basketball with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment. That's the VC Show. Listen where you are listening to this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Right Time. My name is Bomani Jones. Thanks for listening wherever you get your podcast. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. It is Foxworth Friday. Dominique Foxworth, what's going on?
1: What's up, man? I was just thinking, what happened to the hair? Did you cut it for the, for the show, or you cut it to celebrate <laughs> the waning days of the pandemic? But, like, I missed it.
0: Oh, no, man. It, I just... I realized as it went farther along and as we got more detached from the lockdown portion of the pandemic, what was becoming clearer every day was why I cut it in the first place. Yeah. You know? Hey, man, that was taking a little too much maintenance. So, like, for me, with a TV show coming around, every time I would come on, we had to do hair and makeup, right? Mm -hmm. So that meant that when we go do that man on the street stuff that everybody loves while I'm freezing my balls off, had to stop get the haircut and they had to come in and spray that fiction in there you know what i'm saying so that's some extra time and then two days later we'd have to do it again and i kind of needed them hours back you know what i'm saying i can just yank 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 then keep it going so you know and you know makes sense i'd be i'd be making it work no matter what you know what i'm saying that's that's how it gets down because i told people i expected when i grew my hair back that i would be looking like clyde drexler and instead i look like john shaft and so I was just like, yo, I'm going to ride this out. My man, Dan Lemitar was salty. He was like, <laughs> finally, a chink in the armor. Nah, dog, I'm going to put these $1,000 shades on with this and stunt.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, efficiency is always the choice when you get to a certain age.
0: Yes, 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 it is. <laughs> man, we got a lot to talk about here um, going around the NFL here at Tom Brady. Might want to go back uh, to the Patriots. LeBron James doing something I didn't really understand. But the NFL, boy, they some dastardly geniuses, man. And I don't even know if this was like the full part of the genius in the Deshaun Watson suspension. Like my read on it was that the compromise that they made in that suspension was the league wanted to suspend him for a full year, which would push the clock back on that contract that his agent David Mulghetto brilliantly set up to only pay him one million dollars this year so the suspension wouldn't actually cost him any money but if they suspended him a full year then he would have to play that one million dollar year he wouldn't have an accrual to, you know going toward free agency all of that stuff and so they came up with a solution that was a number of games that would still let that contract run this year and count as running this year but also sent a message right Mm -hmm. But here's my thing about this, and I'm curious if you peeped what I peeped when it comes to this. I am looking at the schedule of games for the NFL this week. The least interesting game on its face is probably Browns-Texans. Yep. Even with Deshaun Watson coming back, it is probably the least interesting game. The other competition... Is uh Lions Jaguars and Packers Bears, except Packers Bears, this whole Aaron Rodgers thing has been wildly compelling. And you can make an argument that it's compelling with Watson because he's coming back, but the Browns aren't playing for anything. Right? And the Texans, whoo they are cheeks. And so they're gonna be <laughs> able to. I think they're gonna get through this. The nasty man is gonna come back. Yeah. And ain't nobody really gonna pay no attention.
1: Dastardly. Like, I'm looking at this. This is not a mistake. I'm looking at this. And it's like, even even where they're wrong, you can see what they were thinking at the time. Chiefs, Bengals, yes. rematch. Uh, Saints Bucks. They thought that was gonna be a game. Yes. Uh, Cowboys Colts, they thought the Colts were gonna be good. Uh, Dolphins 49ers is good, but uh, they may not know Broncos Ravens. Yeah, August, that- we thought Broncos Ravens was gonna be a monster. <laughs> they got lucky with Giants <laughs> commanders. Eagles, uh, Titans. Oh, yeah. Jets, Jets Vikings, Vikings was
0: the biggest oh. seven. They rolled the sevenest Ooh. of Ooh. sevens Ooh. on that one. Nah, they oh, Seahawks, Rams? Mm-hmm. You know, now granted, maybe they thought the Seahawks were gonna be terrible. Like they thought if that was gonna be six and five versus three and eight, that that was gonna be going uh in the other direction. But Raiders, uh, Chargers, remember when we thought that was gonna be the greatest division in the history of divisions? You remember that? They thought no. they, they they I don't know if it just was Hold a on. good
1: break. Go ahead. You know how the you know what the kicker is. The Cowboys on Sunday night. Yep. <laughs> That's a kicker. They was like, no matter what happened that day, we put the Cowboys at 8 p.m. You know what everybody talking about Monday morning. The Cowboys blew it or the Cowboys won.
0: Dog, <laughs> uh, they snuck this in. And 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 the first game back is a road game. Right? Mm-hmm. So they're gonna be down there in Houston. Except it's in Houston. That's the one. The one variable on this that's going to be interesting because I think you. I think you may have seen this, but apparently some of his accusers um, are going to be at the game. I believe there will be fuss raised out there because I mean, honestly, if you're not coming to that game to protest Deshaun Watson, I don't really understand why you coming to that game. If you were Texas fan myself, that seemed to me to be the only reason to show up. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe
1: you're uh, a Cleveland. Uh, Like you grew up in Cleveland and you moved to Houston to get in the oil industry and your Browns don't come to town much. Like other than that, I don't know what to do.
0: Yeah. Let me tell you something about Cleveland, something that Cleveland and Houston have in common. Even the people who leave can't wait to, can't wait to get back. Right. It's one of those, I can't wait to move home kind of places yeah. right I, I'm not sure other than uh if you throw uh the Saints in there you ain't really having a game between two teams where the people don't really want to go nowhere you know like I don't feel like Cleveland is rolling deep in Houston I don't feel like Houston is rolling deep in Cleveland because Houston ain't even rolling that deep in Dallas that is not that that like, like <laughs> why, why why would we ever leave is the question that we come down to but he's back now it's here yeah. he is back in the NFL and I got bad news for a lot of people now that he's back, that other stuff is over. Yeah. Like whether you like it or not, it really now just comes down to a matter of how much it matters in the present tense and how much we feel like talking about it. And I am generally inclined—I don't know—generally inclined is the right way to put it, but we can't have the same discussion on some things every single time that it right. comes up. Like I think it—it's—it's it's just not feasible. It doesn't work. Um, like for the work we do in the business sense, a number of things, right? You just can't really do that, except the last time I feel like I heard that dude talk, he said he was standing on his innocence. You remember that? Yep. And I don't think we can let that slide. Yeah. It's such a cockababy. It's such a baby farce that he got out there and said that. Like, I can't—we, like— He's going. I don't know when, where all the questions are going to come, but he' gonna to have to answer them at some point before we can all just move on. If not, it's always going to be a day that is going to be some equivalent of Armando Salguero, who just couldn't wait weeks after the fact to ask Colin Kaepernick about them Castro socks, because Armando Salguero is Cuban and of that yeah. inclination and wouldn't go let that slide. It's coming back. Yeah, I just don't know exactly when.
1: So having it in Houston, so about them, like avoiding making this a bigger deal, having his first game back in Houston, like, I think it sounded crazy, like a mistake to me at first, but then once you think about it, it's like, that's one fewer time that this story has to come up again, you know? So like, right. if it was, if, this is his first game back and it's his first game back in Houston, we would talk about it this week. And if he had to go back to Houston next season. First game back in Houston, we have to bring it all up again. So to your point, you're right. It's going to go away as a conversation, but not yet. It's still like this week after this, like I think it's our obligation to explain why he's returning and why is his first game back. When it's his second game back, like I don't know what and, – and Mina and I did this on my podcast that came out on Thursday. We did a whole little thing off the top of my show about all of these things, but we were trying to juggle with like our obligation to talk about this. Well, not obligation, but like our responsibility and desire to talk about it and the timeline and our responsibility to entertain and give the people what they came for. And I don't know exactly when it stops, but it don't stop today. And it was just any of the analysis of Deshaun Watson this week, I think you have to set it up. No yep. matter what show you on, what podcast, what TV show, you have to set it up. Deshaun Watson returning from suspension for being accused of sexual assault by 26 women. That's now. He threw a touchdown pass. Now you can do everything else. But before that, you have to. So, like, after this week, and, of course, we talked about all the other players, Ben Roethlisberger, all the other players who we stopped talking about their allegations or their transgressions at a certain point. And we're going to do that for Deshaun Watson, too. But we ain't there yet. We cross that bridge and we get to it. We have to bring it up now.
0: Well, the second game back is going to be weird because that's going to be the home game. And that's where you're going to get yeah. like all the adulation. This one, it's going to be hard to decipher what the boos are for on this one. Because the dude just did tell the home team, I don't want to play for y'all no more. Except for the fact that the home people wouldn't want to play for the home team no more if it came down to it. Right. But booing is something that people do largely because there's a... The, they got the chance to do it. They have the opportunity to do it. And so they're going to jump on it and they're going to go. Now, when it gets back to Cleveland and you're going to have the people in the jerseys and the likes, okay, well, now I think this winds up, you know, getting a little weird on us. Now, But Roethlisberger, what will be interesting to see compared to that with this with Watson is our industry, generally speaking, it ain't enough for us to move on. Especially when we're talking about a quarterback, or at least the history has been for white quarterbacks. And basically, all the quarterbacks in NFL history have been white. Not every single one, obviously, but an overwhelming proportion. So how these things are normally handled is basically always going back to a white person, right? Like Michael Vick, I guess, is the great redemption tale of black quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Anyway, normally, it ain't just enough to let the dude come back. It ain't just enough to stop talking about it. If he comes out here and balls, then come the stories about everything that he did to make himself a better person because we can't exist in a space where maybe you just good at football. You being good at football also has to be a reflection of your goodness as man or person. Now, of course, Deshaun Watson is going to have a hard time passing this test at this point because he talking about standing on his innocence, at least the last time I heard from him. But the trickiest thing about Roethlisberger for me and what I found to be most problematic was you couldn't just go, oh, well, cross your arms and let him come back. No, it had to be like, you know, you really learned a lot from uh this incident and they would use words like incident all these all these euphemisms and vagaries to discuss what it is that is not the benefit of the doubt that I think that Deshaun Watson is going to receive like that's not going to happen like even with Michael Vick and granted you had to do it with Michael Vick because he was so over the top in trying to get forgiveness and redemption and everything and going to talk to all the kids about the dogs and everything else like it was still a little begrudging to be like, you know, Michael Vickers really uh, worked to turn this around. It was a bunch of yeah, I guess he balled. Yeah, okay. I got you. I got I you. I have
1: to um yeah, that's one that's part of this thing that I think I might generally have a blind spot to, for and like it came to my attention during during the Kyrie stuff is not that I don't know that things are different for black players than for white players. But I often don't find myself when somebody and it's probably the same reason why people need redemption tales to be like to to go across an entire person's life. Like we need this person to be the hero. Like you're either a villain or a hero. And if you're if you're playing good football, then we need to tell the story of how you redeemed yourself off the field also. And I think maybe I have some of that like childhood storybook inclination in my mind, because once. It's clear to me that somebody has crossed a specific line. I don't always have the nuance to be like, oh, yes, he was wrong, but they are treating him more unfairly. I don't know what it was that that first. I mean, it's it's obvious point of conversation now with the Kyrie stuff, but I'm not sure what it was at first, like um like reminded me of that because it's not news but it's like it might have been listening to your podcast I think I text you after one of the times you talked about Kyrie Kyrie one of the last time you talked about Kyrie that because my first inclination is when people start defending Kyrie and it was often like athletes or um Or like uh, black Israelite adjacent people. And so my instinct is to be like, all right, well, you have vested interest in this and not necessarily listen to the complaints. And they aren't, frankly, they aren't always well articulated. But if you actually give it some thought, you're like, yeah, actually, this is unfair. But at this point, I'm defending somebody who has done something ridiculous. It's 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 a weird spot to be in and it's a hard thing to articulate, which is... Well, I'm glad I have your podcast to listen to every now and then.
0: Yeah, I tell you, also the thing, like with Kyrie, it was a, all right, now this is going too far sort of situation. I'm not exactly sure what's going to have to happen with Deshaun Watson for me to be on the, okay, this is going too far. Like, I I, I just don't have the answer for that because the matter has been adjudicated, right? The NFL, Mm -hmm. I mean, they came down with a not insignificant suspension. I mean, the dude basically hasn't played football in two years, right? Like part of that, I mean, and most of it, I would say, is tied to the allegation like even if it was that we're not playing him because we ultimately want to trade him sort of thing in houston there was also this thing that was swirling in the air that didn't make it a situation where you would want to play him like i don't know how you're going to shine this thing up and make it into a heartwarming tale no matter who the person uh happened to be i will tell you this and i don't think i mean there's obviously been bigger fish to fry so we ain't really talked about it that dude better ball because if he, if he doesn't want this stuff to come back up, when it does is if you do not ball. And Watson, for me, is in that top 10 class of quarterbacks. Not so much that top five class of quarterbacks. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I was stunned that the Browns paid him all that money just because this is not a, ooh, he's going to the Hall of Fame. Right. Right. This is, Hey, you get a quarterback that good. You got to hold on to him.
1: Yeah. He, so much of what he, he had done was like spectacular. I think that's, and it was, he was so young that I think there's some projection there that he might be something else or something better in a better situation, but he got paid big money because of market dynamics, you know, more than anything. It's like um, a quarterback of that talent level does not ever become an unrestricted free agent, which is effectively what he became because they didn't want him. They wanted yeah. him out of town. And so, yeah, that, yeah, you got the leverage to do that there. That's not, doesn't speak to his his talent or potential as much as it speaks to uh, the thirst of the people in the market and the <laughs> they teams that were in the, the market. Mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's fair. Um, The one point I wanted to make, and this is, I know at some point we're going to talk about what LeBron had to say, but it's it's kinda what LeBron was trying to say but didn't say very well is keep that same energy. It's more like cause you were saying it's gone too far on Kyrie and you don't know what it's gonna have to what's gonna have to happen for you to say it's gone too far on Deshaun Watson. And I don't even know if it's about it's gone too far. It's just like this public judicial system that we have is unequal. And it's like, yeah, like you want to make sure that everyone is going through the process the same way and you are just as likely to offer redemption to someone no matter what they look like. And that's more, I think, what I guess I'm trying to be aware of. But frankly, it's just hard for me to care. Like, it's hard for me to be like, I know, but it's hard for me to be like, you know what? Treat him right. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> you know like treat him the same way you did this guy or treat this other guy the same way you're treating him yeah i don't know we're not there yet we crossed that bridge that's a, that's a show for uh i don't know the summer or something
0: yeah yeah like when that stuff happens i don't really be so happy about it you know what i mean yeah. it's just kind of like all right guys like don't you think we're going just a little bit <laughs> too far like like don't <laughs> you come on man we don't we don't have to no, we don't. And, and, it, and it becomes frustrating because the desire to redeem the white man is always palpable at the top of all of these things. Like whatever you get, you just hope for a reason to bring it back around because you want to believe, right? There's something larger in the macro that you want to believe, not, you know, the royal you, I guess, but you want to believe about these white dudes. And there's a bunch of terrible stuff that people don't realize that they actually want to believe about black people, right? Because yeah. the whole concept of it basically is you need to believe that we are bad because otherwise the whole system that we live in doesn't make any sense. And if you all of a sudden look up and you realize that we ain't that bad after all, then suddenly everything about your life has to be reevaluated, things that you may have never considered in the first place. And it's the same thing with these white dudes. You wanna believe that this star athlete or whatever it is, is good guy. And so we'll do anything we can collectively. I think some people even do it subconsciously so and don't realize it to try to like bring that person back into the fold. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training, just in time for summer and warmer days. I've been in the gym a little bit trying to get my fitness in check so I can break these skinny allegations I keep getting. And spring is the best time of the year to take a new look at your fitness routine, dial it up a notch and continue powering on. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. Personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute course session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals while challenging yourself at every level. Now you can catch up on your favorite NBA games with NBA League Pass while you push yourself to new levels of fitness. Watch your favorite games and win your workouts with NBA League Pass on Peloton and visit OnePeloton.com. Peloton all-access membership and NBA League Pass subscription required.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
0: He did his press availability after the game and he had something that was just burning on his heart, on his spirit. And so he came out and he asked why it was that nobody was asking him about Jerry Jones and that article in the Washington Post and that picture of him um, at the integration of North Little Rock High School. LeBron wanted to know why nobody was asking him um, about that the way they asked him about Kyrie and... I don't know, basketball player who used to play with Kyrie Irving and whose uh, team has been mentioned in trade rumors about Kyrie Irving. I don't know why it is that they ask you about that and not the owner of a football team.
1: What? I mean, I just I just thought, so you're LeBron James. If you wanted to say something about it, say the thing that you want to say. But I think LeBron's heart is in the right place because like I mentioned a second ago is I think what he was trying to express is the same thing that you were expressing is that it's different depending on the person, but because he's been LeBron James or he's been King James since he was a preteen that like, it's everything revolves around him, which is normal to think. And he's like, if you don't ask me about it, that means you don't care about it. And so, like, it's not even about him wanting to have something to say. It's it's about him, I think. And this is not what he said. But this is me giving the best, the most generous reading of it that I can is he was trying to point at them the same way that I think you might to say. Keep that same energy. (laughs) These are not analogous situations. So I get what you're saying. And, yeah, there's obvious reasons why they didn't ask you about it. But. I think what's more valuable is like if you're going to say that, then come out and make a informed, intelligent, profound statement that we can do something with afterwards. Which was like weird. I know a couple weeks before he was like he's not a Cowboys fan anymore for whatever reasons, but like he's yeah, because of Kaepernick stuff. He just it just feels like LeBron I don't know, he's he got a lot going on. Yeah. And he wants to be a lot of different things. So and sometimes he doesn't effectively accomplish his
0: goals. Yeah, and it's so wild because he used to be so good at all these things, right? Like, yeah. like, like as a youngster, he was very good at these things. Now, you want to make a larger point about this with Jerry? There is a much bigger one that I think is far more important, which is owners of professional sports franchises never have to answer any questions about anything, right? How often does the owner of your favorite team make himself or herself available to take questions from the media on anything at all. Like one frustration I had, and I know that this happened for a fact. There was one NBA owner who in private was raising questions about the players in Kyrie and how disappointed this owner was that none of these players came out and condemned what Kyrie had to say. But it's the same owner who in private is like, oh, please, nobody asked me any questions about Robert Sarver, right? There was never any push or any rush or any requirement that Robert Sarver's peers denounce him, right? It wasn't happening. When the Donald Sterling thing happened, the only statement that I recall any owner making was Mark Cuban making the point that we shouldn't take his team from him Because we all got some measure of dirt and that dude seemed to be running an animal frat house at his team, right? Nobody ever makes those people answer for the behaviors of the people around them. Nobody has been asked to answer for um, Dan Snyder in the NFL. It doesn't happen. But with the players, it comes when one of them gets in some sort of thing or says something or whatever it is. Now they got to answer all for each other because you're really asking for them to answer for black people. Like, that's what it comes down to. Like, if that was the point that LeBron wanted to make, I'd have been with it. Because the thing that makes Jerry Jones unique from his peers is the dude does a radio show every week. Like, you can say whatever it is you want to say about Jerry Jones. He the only one that is willing to stand there and answer your questions, no matter what it is. And you don't get a lot of no comment or I'm not going to talk about that or whatever it is. Like, Jerry will stand and answer that stuff. If LeBron wanted to say why we got to answer for each other, but nobody else has to answer for them, that'd have been one thing. Why didn't y'all ask me about Jerry Jones? That's ridiculous. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, that's you and I both have come up with two better ways to accomplish what I hope LeBron was trying to say. But there are two different things you and I are saying, but they're two important things that are worth saying. Why didn't you ask me about Jerry Jones? The reason why it's kind of a silly thing to say is like there are easy answers for it, like there are easy obvious answers for it, and it's like because you aren't an owner of a football team you don't play (laughs) for the cowboys you don't even play in the nfl what jerry the picture of jerry jones is from 65 years ago what Kyrie was associated with was for a couple weeks ago like this is all very clear and like that's like saying why didn't you ask me about dan snyder it's like why did you ask me (laughs) about about jim mercy hiring jeff saturday right why didn't you like because we don't ask basketball players about nfl owners behavior so like yeah i i think that he he um nibbles around these and to your point he was better at it in the past i'm not sure if they were just because they were different issues or he was younger it seems to me at least in my life and i try to fight this as uh people get older like you get a little out of touch with yeah Uh, the things that, and I I mean, I find this with like my older black uncles is like the things that they say publicly. (laughs) I'm like, maybe that's a thought that you could have. And maybe it's a thought that I had, but I worked through that thought on my own before I opened my mouth.
0: (laughs) Uh, Now blame the, I blame the tweets. Like this seems to be a, this seems to be a social media sort of situation, right? Like, like it was a very social media situation. Um, if this then that connection, where that arrow is actually quite squiggly and goes around in like a whole bunch of different directions.
1: You, sorry to cut you off, but like I feel like I remember reading a lot about, and I, it might have been in um Howard Bryant's b- book, um The Heritage. There were like, there were uh, like advisors connected to these players, uh who were, like, more in touch with the, right. the movement. My One of my closest friends, a guy named Brandon Terry, uh, is the only f- friend I have from, like, being a kid. We've been friends since sixth grade, and he went on to, like, be a rogue scholar and is um, a professor at Harvard now. He had this interview with Will Smith in preparation of emancipation, and I'm listening to him talk about... It was just like expertly done. The way they cut it is they kept cutting to Will Smith's face to promote the movie, but they kept cutting to Brandon's um, thoughts. And it just made me, it brought it back to like, yeah, he spent his whole life reading and thinking about these things. Yes. And showing Will Smith look contemplative while Brandon says smart things about the history of slavery is like the move. And you don't have to have like a spokesperson for an athlete, but the athlete need to speak to somebody because like you trying to win every night. It's not because you're dumb. It's because like, yeah, this is heavy. This requires thought and effort in the same way. We wouldn't like drop a, a professor in to like figure out whether you're going to rush a pick and roll or trap it or drop or whatever, like asking you to parachute in, Like, even if you're reading, it's, I don't know, it just, it it reminded me that, like, they have a unique platform and a unique amount of attention and a unique stance uh, as far as our society is concerned. And it would be foolish not to use it, but it's also foolish to, like... Not maximize it.
0: Yeah, it covered a lot of responsibility, Doug. So one thing, I I feel okay talking about this here. Um, You know, there was a thing really about five years ago where people talked a lot about this network and people talking about political things that were not about sports, right? And I actually empathize with the bosses a great deal on this situation. And here's why people determine how adept you are at talking about these things by evaluating whether or not they agree with what the thing is that you said, right? Right. It's not necessarily about how adroitly you can navigate the topics and move in and out of whatever it is. You see what I mean? Like It's just Mm -hmm. like whether they think you should be talking about it is whether or not they like what it is that you're talking about. And the bosses look around and are like, yo, this is a foolhardy mission. You're never gonna be able to succeed at that, right? So I personally am better at talking about those things than most people who work in this industry like I feel like I can right. say that fairly and it not really be an arrogant thing but when you the boss and somebody comes and it's like yo so why is Bomani able to talk about this and I can't and they're like yeah but he's good at it oh it's just because you agree you understand what I'm saying yeah, like right. like like that that's how that works people determine how good you are at it whether or not you agree so if you LeBron you feel like you said that thing probably because it's all kinds of people in your mentions finally <laughs> somebody said what needed to be said like finally da da da. somebody's they're reinforcing the fact that you are reinforcing what it is that you want to hear but the truth is most people are not qualified to talk about these things before the world because talking about these things before the world is very very difficult like being able to handle follow-up questions is very difficult you just get lucky because most of the people across from you are not qualified to ask follow-up questions <laughs> So maybe it is that you can slide, but if there's anything that happened with Trump, I was talking uh, to my man, Ethan Strauss, about this. And Ethan wrote something where he was making the point about the NBA and how they messed up by empowering players to say how they felt about things politically, right? Like maybe it wasn't the best idea because maybe you're going to hear some things that you don't want to hear. But I was like, Ethan, you got to remember this happened in the height of Trump. Like Trump took away the idea that you had to know what you were talking about before talking about something and being respected or whatever it is. Like, it became a, if this dude can be president, why can't I say what it is that I feel, right? Like, we had to, we we really had to open the door on, oh, that's how you feel when the president of the United States kicks it in a certain way. That's where we wound up. And so maybe that's where we give LeBron, where he throws this, like, wow, what about sort of thing out there. And, by the way, I want to make this point as somewhat of a transition, but on the same topic. LeBron would like for Kyrie to play for that sorry team that he's got, right? Like, that is something that he would want. I had said before that LeBron wasn't going to want Kyrie while all this stuff was out there. And I think that that was true. The block was too hot for LeBron to associate with him. And it may ultimately be too hot in the end for LeBron to to bring him to L.A. right, mm-hmm. but I think Kyrie really did strong work when he came back around after the suspension, and probably put himself in a situation where now he's not as toxic as I thought he would be because I didn't think he would ever back down. Okay, but LeBron, it would just be best if you didn't talk about that stuff with Kyrie, like Kyrie, like yo man, this is over, dog. Nobody was even talking about me no more, and now here you go. How I'm ever gonna get out there if you keep bringing this stuff up?
1: <laughs> yeah, LeBron. So yeah, back to the thing that you were saying though is like. I don't know. One thing about getting older for me, at least, is every few years I can look back at something I did or said and I'm a little embarrassed, which like I've started to wrap my mind around that being a positive thing, because like that means I'm getting like smarter, more mature. But like during that that short spell, when black people could say what they were actually feeling. I did a lot of what LeBron is doing here and like, I'm not proud of it. I did a lot of it and I did a lot of emotional yelling on TV and like, I feel like I snapped on Marty Smith at one point for no reason. That accent got me going, I guess. I don't know. (laughs) But like, I, I am not proud of all of the things that I said, but I was so proud of it when I said it. Right. You know? And it's part of that, social media thing that you're talking about that lebron probably went back and got celebrated is like i felt an obligation or i still feel like an obligation responsibility to speak for people like me who are not as fortunate as i am and like often i'm thinking like that that old black man who gonna dat me up uh and say keep doing what you're doing tell them what they need to hear like, he right now, he want me to tell him how he really feels, what he's really feeling. And so I'm going to do it. And if it, there's a price to pay for it, that price pales in comparison to the applause I'm going to hear from the people I care most about afterwards. But that ain't effective, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, it feel good. It's, it's candy, I guess, is the point. Yeah. It's, it's dessert. It feels good to get the applause. It feels good to get off your chest. It feels good to be, like, not a martyr, but like a champion who's like, whatever, if, if, if this upsets my company, whatever, I know that my people want to hear it. And I think that's, I don't know that, that is part of the drive that I think LeBron has inside him. So like, I, I guess that's why I'm a little more forgiving. Cause like, I, I know I can look back and I, I mentioned the Aaron Rodgers thing a couple of times. It's like, I went after Aaron Rogers for his COVID stuff and like, he was wrong. He was lying. But like the way that I did it was like, I don't know. It was gross. I wouldn't do that now. So all that aside, I just had to get that off my
0: chest. Now I'll tell you why I'm inclined to be a little less forgiving than you are about that. And so for me, I think, and not to make this just about ourselves, but I do think that's a, I think it's a good way to like get into where LeBron is. I think for me in the space that I inhabit, I do think a lot of people want me to say what they're feeling, but I also think that for me, people really come to me looking for some measure of context, right? Like there's Mm -hmm. not just a, this is how I feel. There's a, am I tripping right now? Right? Like sort of dynamic. I think that comes up when people ask me this stuff. And Kyrie said something about himself that I bristled at a bit, but I have to be careful because I'm gonna be like, but I'm different. Um, Where he's just like, you know, I'm a leader and the influence that I have. And I guess that's true. He does have a certain measure of influence. We can question whether he should have the influence and where it should be. But, I do legitimately have a measure of influence with the audience that I have when I talk Mm -hmm. about these things. Right. Again, Kyrie, you bounce. not not just
1: not just the audience, but it's a popular podcast. So I'll say it for you. But like also the media industry as a whole is like, I I also am interested in what you say about these things. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like, I don't often get to hear it before I have to talk about these things. But like, I think you're I'm not alone in that, like the context that you provide is useful for everybody.
0: But Yeah. But I can also shake it up. Like when, yeah. uh when that stuff started popping in the summer of 2020 at Oklahoma state with uh, Chuba Hubbard and Mike yeah. Gundy and all of that stuff or whatever had come up. I know that the athletic department over there, it was all fun and games until they saw it on my Twitter account. Right? Like there's, yeah. there's a weight and a gravity that comes. I am reluctant to call myself a leader. Cause I ain't asking nobody to follow me, but I recognize that when I talk, it comes, it comes in that space, right? Mm-hmm. And so I have to be careful about where I go and probably be a little bit more thoughtful because there are consequences to this, right? LeBron James absolutely <laughs> sees himself as leader, totally yeah. has decided that he yeah. is leader. The dude that shows up with the leader to society t-shirt and all of this stuff, right? Like he's decided that he's that guy. And if you are going to be that guy and you are going to lean in on being that guy, the leader can't just say what everybody wants to hear. The leader can't just carry the emotions of whatever it is. The leader has to go to a level that is beyond that. And sometimes you're going to stand up and you going to say something and some people not going to like it. Like between Kyrie and this Jerry Jones thing, You know, it don't feel good when people and bots call you some variety of sellout or Uncle Tom. Like nobody really likes that. But see, if you're not a Tom, then it's just like, oh, okay, this is the cost of doing business right now. You just got to roll with it. But sometimes that's going to be what it is. And so for me, the, hey, my people need to hear, you know, my people want me to say this. Yeah, but in my case with Jerry Jones, for example, I do believe that my people, other people, whatever it is, did need to stop and ask the question of, what are we really doing about something that was 65 years old? Like like yeah. an actual question, right? Like right. I think it needs to be there. And so that's where I wind up with LeBron on these things is that you don't get to jump in and out of, I'm just a person with an opinion. If you decide that you want to speak with a gravity and be heard in a certain way, then you're going to be evaluated according to a standard that quite honestly, most people can't live up to. Right.
1: But this is where it gets tricky is you're Right. There's, um, and this I can again, I can speak from my own experience. Why, at the time when I was saying and doing things that I now look back on and not proud of, while at the while right now I can say that while I was doing it, like I felt like I was being brave, I felt like I was doing the right thing. And what you're saying is you have to be prepared to get the backlash, there's no shortage of backlash, you know. So, like, while you're doing it, your Twitter account. Is filled up in your emails. Emails you're getting from bosses, like all that stuff, is filled up with people telling you that, telling you all the criticism, telling you how terrible you are, how you care, don't care about nothing, how you're racist, how you're trying to destroy society, and all that stuff. And it just so happens that the people who are doing that are often the types of people who you like. Yeah. Yes. I don't give a damn. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly who I like. That's exactly who I want to piss off. Right. And so your point is is fair, but like I could see how. Because your point is kind of like sometimes you have to upset people. Yes. I'm upsetting people, yeah, right? <laughs> and it feels like I'm upsetting the right people, but sometimes you have to upset the wrong people. And yeah. I think that's that's a I don't know, it's a tough yeah. thing to deal with. And they all need a, a Bayard Rustin. I, I think everyone
0: needs their own just uh, yes. being yeah, the like back it, of the scenes. Yeah, like really hey, 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 let's think about that one for a second. <laughs> yeah, hey, like, like you yeah. need you need a Hosea Williams to be like yo, mm-hmm. who trying to. F- no, right like 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 you need you need one of those in the room and you need a fellas 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 everybody exactly. fall back and you just gotta hope that fellas 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 everybody fall back isn't an informant that's the only concern yeah. that you wind oh, okay. up having. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess under not the... everyone needs. <laughs> yeah, it's a little tricky, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, why, you you why, got,
1: you why, got what I was going
0: for. Yeah, why you always taking the white man's side? You know, you gotta, gotta, you know, you, you gotta, gotta worry a little bit. You know, oh, man, everybody a...
1: wants to be Hosea though. Like, I mean, yes. as, as a man, like everybody wants to be that guy. Yes,
0: you know, there, yeah, everybody just, does.
1: Nobody <laughs> wants to be the the intellectual, the, the um, <laughs> thoughtful, patient guy. Everybody want to be. The dude at the end of the movie that's walking away from the yes. explosion. They want to be
0: either that or the treasurer. <laughs> they want to be the one yeah. that's got nowhere the near the explosions. Like, damn, your car fly. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know. Did you see Patrick Peterson on uh, B. McFadden? Which B is he? Is it Byron? Is it Brian? Yeah, I think Brian. Okay, yeah, Brian McFadden. And basically, Patrick Peterson got out there talking about Kyler Murray. It was like, only thing Kyler Murray worried about is Kyler Murray. Yeah. And We had a, one of our, you know, play the musics was me telling Dominique, like, hey, man, them dudes do not rock with him over there. Like, after that contract detail came out, I was very careful not to be like, the Cardinals are wrong. I'm just saying the contract detail isn't going to fix anything, da-da-da, all of this stuff. But apparently Kyler Murray does not have fans on his own team. It's a bad place to be in um
1: he came back and refuted it and then made the point like you could have called me privately like like patrick peterson is on his team and cares to like push him in the right direction and sometimes (laughs) the private conversation is not um the the most effective way to get somebody's attention on this because you know what somebody is who tell you something you don't want to hear a hater Yes. (laughs) So, so yeah, sometimes it's just like, yeah, he just hating on me because I'm the new young quarterback. (laughs) So, like, it's a a maturation process. We saw it with Zach Wilson not too long ago. This ain't my fault. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it feels better to do that. So, I don't know how people feel about Kyler Murray, but I know that Patrick Peterson is not a rookie. He's not a young guy. He knew what he was doing. And that suggested me that, that the, the play the music, was incredibly accurate and that Kyler got some more problems than just Cliff Kingsbury.
0: Yeah, no, Patrick Peterson said that in a way that said, trust me, I got back up, right? Like, like Like, you don't say that if what you're saying is this one can go either way. He didn't present that as though it was at all a controversial statement. He presented it like, yo, this is just what it is. What I do note, though, and it's impossible to ignore, and I want to be clear here, okay? I'm not blaming white people for anything when I say this. But this this happens to black quarterbacks, right? And it's often black people doing it, just to be clear. That's not about no, at least as far as I'm concerned, so no self-hatred, da-da-da. It's people do what they can get away with, and you can get away with doing this with the black dude. We saw it happen with Donovan McNabb, for example, right? You see this happening here. I feel like there was another one. Oh, the entire 2022 Russell Wilson season, as we've seen the whole league just come down on him in ways that I've literally never seen before in my life to the point where somebody out here counting how many people come to his birthday party, which is just crazy talk, but, you can get away with it with black dudes, and so cats ain't got to hold their lies in like they have to do with so many other people. But with Murray, no, this is... You're not going to hear the long line of, no, nah, man, Kyler loves everybody. That is not what the people around him appear to believe about him. And if I were him, I would try to fix that. Yeah, you got to figure
1: out how to fix that. But if... I don't know, changing who you are is a hard thing to do. (laughs) If that's who you are, that's who you are. Uh, I guess we should not completely accept it as fact, but the fact that we've heard it from a number of different sources and Patrick Peterson being this particular source was comfortable coming out in public. I think the question for Kyler, and again, this is also applies to Zach Wilson in some ways, the question should not be, are you right or wrong? It's what have I done to make you think that? right you know so like that's that's one of the hardest things about leadership that like i've learned a while i learned a while ago is right or wrong and it's not even just about leadership it's just about being a part of a team or organization is that right or wrong is often secondary correct you know like it's uh, getting to the right answer or if the right strategy or the right whatever the right decision is is about when you're dependent on people, the decision is made right by how well it can be executed and how well it can be executed is largely dependent on how the people around you feel about you and, and feel about the idea. So yeah. Kyler, you need to figure out how to fix this and don't waste your time arguing whether it's right or wrong. You, honestly, you might be better off saying, stepping up and be like, that's right. That's yep. true. It's, I, it's something I'm glad you brought this to my attention. Now, Watch what I do. Yeah. That give us a nice little story to tell. That's all we need a story.
0: Yeah. No, and see the stakes comparison comparing the Zach Wilson stakes to the Kyler Murray stakes on this is interesting, right? Because to me, the stakes are a little higher for Zach Wilson. And the reason oh, yeah, is much higher. And the reason is that being a backup quarterback is largely dependent upon whether or not people like you. And that's that man's future. Zach Wilson's future is wearing a baseball cap. I do not believe that that gentleman is going to become a starting quarterback. I just, I mean, look, White Mike went out there and looked like a complete, I don't care if they were playing the Bears or not, right? Like White Mike looked better in the times I've seen White Mike play than Zach Wilson ever has. And so if he ever wants to wear that baseball cap, he going to need to get some friends in that room who like him. But for Kyler Murray, he's got his bread. They kind of stuck with him, no matter how it spins with him being on that team. He's going to be that guy. It is, for him, going to be the difference between being a very talented quarterback and perhaps being a star quarterback. And if he's a guy who wants to win stuff, yeah. then you're going to have to ramp it up. But it's not going to like keep him out of the league.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, I guess he's talented enough to be a starter. The thing about Kyler Murray is he's not a backup. Right, his size, s- style of play, and then you put on top of it, well, and his complexion, like, uh, uh, then you put on top of it the fact that it seems like people, important people don't like him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y- you either gonna be a star in this league, or you gonna go see what the A's is talking about.
0: Yes, yeah, he be making me feel old, too. Take that do-rag off, you on television, <laughs> son. <laughs>
1: man i think that uh yeah i don't know never mind I, i'll wait till after the show
0: <laughs> yo, I yo obviously seeing i at the press conference i'm like dog you ain't good enough to kick it like this and you ain't even got like like lamar jackson got that rough around the edges kind of thing going where like all those things can kind of sort of make sense with Kyler murray i'll be looking at him like man you grew up into burbs dog put a put a put a shirt on
1: Mm-hmm yeah i think that's the reason why <laughs> oh he tried to uh <laughs> yeah you got a little over you got sometimes you got a little overcompensate a little bit you know <laughs> yeah
0: nah man this is this this deshaun watch it picked a great week to come back buddy they just gonna slide <laughs> him in there and then the later we yeah. get because because the, the thing is and this is the truth even for those of us who care about the macro issues we really would rather just kind of talk about football of course you know, of like course. if you give us the option, that's what we want to do. That's what we would prefer to talk about is to talk about the football. Um, and so, Deshaun Watson sliding in here right now, where all this football is so important and it's a much bigger deal for us to discuss, then he's gonna come back. I don't like. I mean, I tell you this though: uh, before the game, we're gonna be seeing a lot of wild stuff on the internet. People taking the videos from the parking lot.
1: Oh yeah, that's gonna be it's gonna be active, but it's a one o'clock game, so it's gonna be a lot of other wild stuff on the internet on the internet too. Yes, but we will see. Yeah, and I know. Um, I don't know the the women at the game. We we're talking about how they're gonna handle it, how the commentator is gonna handle it, how the pre-game show and halftime show, all of them are gonna handle it. I I don't know if they referenced that the women are there. I highly doubt that they show them there, and they're gonna be in some suite. Not all the women, but some of the women going to be in a suite with Busby, the lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't, they, I don't know if they're going to show them. I highly doubt they're going to show them. But I feel like saying that they're there is like kind of part of the context of the game. They can get away with not yeah. doing it, so they probably won't. But I think they should. I
0: also say this, too. They're going to do a good job of ignoring and avoiding whatever it might be that's going on. And I just want to point this out to the league and everything else. You know you can do that same thing with the tomahawk chop in Kansas City, right? Like we come out to these games, yeah. They keep showing they, it, yeah. And they and they just to show the crowd and the before it or whatever they do the full crowd pan and everything else. Da da da, because it's part of it's the fabric of the game and all of this stuff, right? Like, I understand that some of you may hear me say this and think I'm reaching, but my point simply is, they can ignore stuff and avoid stuff when they want to. Now, it's a little harder to avoid 80,000 people doing the same thing, maybe, but you could figure out a way to do it. You could figure out something else if you wanted to. You could dedicate yourself to it. You don't have to pan to all the people when they wind up doing it. Like, that is not your requirement. And they about to show you how good they are at avoiding something when they want to. In line with what Dominique said, Keep that same energy. Bye y'all. That's how you go out, boy. That is Dominique Foxworth. Check appreciate him out him. on Get Up. Check him out on Anscape. Check him out on Debatable. And of course, check him out on the Dominique Foxworth Show. Great podcast. Need to check that out. I appreciate you, sir.
1: Thank you. Yeah, we're getting better. Like we we went from, from bad to okay to average to good Mm -hmm. really fast and next step is great so we consistently putting out a good podcast so i appreciate your helping that
0: man no thing man it wasn't bad for a minute but y'all are getting that going you're right but i was trying to be humble for these i know i know you're just not very good at that and it's (laughs) like that's how you that's how you that's how you show you're humble i'm not good at being humble boom there you go But hey, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Right Time. Thanks for watching us on YouTube. Remember, hit the voicemail line, 860-516-4119. I want you to tell us the most dastardly thing that your parent ever did to cheat in a competition against you, athletic or otherwise. 860-516-4119. 4119. That is the telephone number. We've got Adi Khan Parker always a dance Stansick handling everything behind the scenes. Thank you, gentlemen. Remember, follow the right time. Rate us, review us, give us five stars. You only give us four stars. I'm inclined to believe you are a hater. And we'll talk to you guys in a couple of days. Take it easy.